What is up? I just want to start this episode by giving a big shout out and a big thank you to uh, listener uh, Chris Knight. Chris was kind enough to procure some uh, some East Coast uh, goodness that I continually talk about on the podcast that I've never had in Trillium and Treehouse. I love the style, and it always uh, it always bothers people that I've never had like the best of the best. So Chris decided to reach out to me, and and he got a nine different cans of Trillium and Treehouse and some homebrews and stuff together and uh, sent him a couple of beers from the Chicago market as he's a Hammond, Indiana fella. So just wanted to say thanks to Chris. Uh, So far I've cracked a Trillium and it was outstanding. I haven't gotten into the Treehouse stuff yet. I had the bare hands uh, strawberry milkshake one he gave me. It was great. And like always, starting the podcast, make sure uh, to go to iTunes. If you're an iTunes listener, go to go to the iTunes page or go there and, and give me a review if you can. And like the Facebook page, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. And then you can get me on Instagram, Average Joe's Beer Podcast. Uh, find me on there. We can. I, I, love, I love seeing what everybody else is drinking. I love sharing what I'm drinking on there. And then uh, Untapped and Twitter, at JoeBob41, J-O-E-B-O-B-4-1. Today's episode, episode 33 of the podcast, it's flying by, uh, Sound Growler in Tinley Park. It's that little hot spot now with, with 350 and Hailstorm and Sound Growler, and pretty soon Banging Gavel will be opening up over there. I got to hang out with Arturo, the owner, and, and I got Larry, the brewer, and Chris, the co-founder, and they were really cool guys. And they told me right off the bat, they're they're not all big talkers, but uh, they did a great job, and, and I loved hearing their story, and I love hearing where they're coming from. It's such a cool, like, metal place. It's just badass, big uh, doom metal. You'll learn about that in the podcast. So check these guys out. They're an awesome group of guys, and it's a really cool place serving some good stuff. So check it out. Sound Growler, Tinley Park. <laughs> All right, we're live and rolling now. Sitting in the tap room of a Sound Growler Brewing Company, and uh, you guys consider Tinley Park. Yep, Tinley, Tinley Park. Park. Mm-hmm. You guys got some good stuff going on over here in, in Tinley Park now. With got, wait, is it just three breweries around here now? Three fifty Hailstorm and you guys. There's yeah. other ones. So three one? of them so far, and then Bang Gavel is going to open up probably. I don't know soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but soon. How close are they? Uh, they're downtown Tinley Park. So downtown. yeah probably five minutes away from here well fellas go around the table and introduce yourselves this is this is the brain trust the crew of sound sound growler brewing right yep yep so my name is arturo lamas i am the co-founder i'm larry i'm the head brewer and i'm uh chris and i'm a co-founder co-founder so how did you guys co-found did you guys co-found together you and arturo it was a, a big group of brewers, and we all sucked. I think it was probably <laughs> a good, what, six brewers or something like that, and everyone was tired of it, and it was just me and Chris left, and we're like, all right, I guess we're the fucking co-founders of this, and that's how it started. Really? Yeah. So how does that happen? What do you mean by that? Like, there's six of you guys planning on doing something? Like, are those uh, six still brewing, involved? Just brewing in the just, garage, okay. man. Yeah, making bad beer. Making bad beer. I mean, really? Was it that bad? <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> but you kept yeah. doing it? Kept doing it, man. So how long did you make bad beer for? Uh, what? Three, four months, yeah. something like that. Yeah. We're like, all right, we need help. Yeah. So you're making beer for like three, four months, then you're like, let's open a brewery? Yeah. And yeah. it was bad beer? Yeah. yeah. Larry, you're laughing right now. You, you're you seeing what I'm seeing, right? <laughs> they, they would never let me taste the beer. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you guys knew each other at this point as well, too, then, huh? Did Larry, did you open up as the head brewer uh, when the place started? Did you have to pry it out of someone's cold, dead hands? No, I think there was actually, there was a brewer in position before me. just yeah. didn't work out. Yep, yep. Had a brewer uh, originally, and he's a local brewer and just kind of didn't buy into everything. So we're like, all right, you know, if you feel like that, you got to do what you got to do. So he left, and we went on a search. Um, the space is, is pretty big, man. Your tap room itself is big. We did look at the brew house, right? You said it's a little tighter than, than you'd like right now. I'm guessing Larry probably agrees with you on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it works. But it works. Yeah. yeah. What did you, would you, how did you describe it? Small but mighty? Small but mighty. <laughs> Small but yeah. mighty, says Arturo. Larry yells at me every day. He's like, man, I can't fucking deal. Like, it's too tight over here. There's shit everywhere. I showed you the back. There's yeah. like kegs everywhere. and. A forklift in the middle of everything, but we make it work, man. So when you're opening this place, like, what went into that, thinking about space? Like, how did you find this building? Like, how did all this stuff come together? It feels like a quick timeline from, like, we're doing some home brewing to this fucking space that's been open since, what, July? Yeah, since July. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were originally supposed to be in Mokina and uh, just didn't work out over there, so... You know, me, Chris, Larry, we're, we're scrambling, man. We're like, all right, hey, what are we going to do? we got to find a pay, uh, place. And, um, you know, looked at a couple different places, and this one wasn't just available. There was a different tenant in here beforehand. And, um, you know, we made an offer, man, and, and we got it, and I'm happy we did. Do you have, like, a business background or anything? Like, what, what, what made you think, like, I can do this? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I have an MBA, so I think that kind of helps probably not but I, I like to think that it does um but yeah open up some businesses here and there and you know failed a bunch of times over and over again and then sooner or later you figure out what the fuck you're doing and then you have a little bit of success and i think that's what we're having here what would you would you open up before that like where, where'd you, where did your failures come in mexican restaurant man really yeah yeah, yeah. you've incorporated <laughs> one of those into this building yeah isn't that crazy kind of awesome just got to keep trying yeah yeah so what like what you said you said failed a bunch of times like how how did you fail in those those endeavors? Just no sales, man. That's no it? sales. <laughs> People don't like it, so you just go out of business. It's just like we're making bad food. We're making, making bad, bad beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a lot of things, man. You know, putting a lot of stuff on myself back in the day, and you know, I run things completely different now, and you know, it, it's here. It's all about team, man. So you know, I. Larry's great here. He's doing some awesome stuff in the back. Chris is great. Help us out with, you know, the website and stuff over here in the tap room. Like, we built this tap room, me and Chris, and, you know, we try to add on to it all the time. So, yeah, we're just always working. So when you say you built this tap room, like, when you physically, you're building all this stuff? Like, uh, you're working these tables and all that stuff? Yeah, Yeah, man. So you get to play the general contractor role? Had this, to. this is a story I've heard from so many breweries, you know, like some of the guys that are opening up on shoestring budgets and, you know, just emptying out the bank account to get it started. And, like, did you have carpentry backgrounds? Like, you just uh, like, fuck it, we can try this. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we learned how to brew. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had full-time jobs and they would come in after, you know, they were done with their regular job and be here till midnight to two or three in the morning working on stuff so mm-hmm. yeah a lot of hours put into that still do it too yeah. mm-hmm. 
Just never stop hustling. It's never. Just, never stop. Man. It is a yeah. key uh, cog to all of this, I hear. Yeah, we put up a stage last week, so I think me and Chris were here, what, to about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah. Chris? Yeah. Maybe two nights in a row. And uh, it was brutal, man. And then, you know, we put up the stage because we were going to have a couple bands play, and they didn't even use it. So <laughs> it was like, Wait, what? <laughs> what the hell happened, man? Wait, explain that. <clears throat> the, yeah, so they didn't use it. There it, was a drum kit on that one band oh yeah a rug too yeah there's a rug so there was a rug and a drum kit yeah. on a stage that you built for bands to play on that yeah so where did they where did they stand just just on the floor on the concrete and yeah. just on the floor. right in front yeah well that that sounds counterintuitive but uh yeah, that's cool well there's yeah. these bands have a lot of amps involved so it's oh okay yeah. you know there's it's holding all the amps takes up all the room well sound growler sounds like a place where you get some noise you get some amps get amped up <laughs> so uh t- talk about that a little bit you had you had a specific band in here recently right and you guys did a can release for it and everything yeah yeah we did so larry um larry's probably better to answer this one i metallicanetic yeti was here um so sort yeah, behind that one stoner doom band out of iowa um they have a pretty good following and we reached out to them to see if they wanted to play in the tap room um and then they said, yeah. They were actually doing a, a fest in Indianapolis that Saturday after they played here. It was another, like, doom metal festival. So they swung up here, hit that the next day. And then, uh, you know, they emailed us back months ago, and they're like, did you guys want to do a beer together? It was like, sure, yeah. Huh. So we met them at Reggie's and, you know, hung out with them all night, kind of talked about what kind of beer they wanted. And they like IPAs, but they didn't want, like, the super bitter IPA. So okay. Telekinetic IPA is a little bit, I wouldn't say it's like the usual IPA we would brew here, um, but it's it's nice, easy going. Um, it's only like 40 IBUs. What would you what would you say your kind of like uh, your IPA would be here at Sound Growler? What's the profile you you prefer? Dry. That's it, just dry. That's dry the best and description. Dry just and hoppy, dry. aromatic. Um, basically, a riff rider. Oh, it's always going to a riff rider right now. It's going to be a beer. All our beers will evolve a little bit. Um, so it was room to improve. So, but I mean, I, riff rider and grinder punch are like pretty much the beers that I w- would like to drink. Is know? it more of like a West Coast danky type thing, or is it more like just the dryness? That, yeah, West okay. Coast dried out. You know, no caramel malt in it. Um, IBUs usually around match, like the riff rider seventy IBU seven percent. Grinder punch is falls between like five six, five nine percent, and uh, you know that's a nice clear, dry West Coast style. You can pale see ale. through it. You mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's kind of rare. But th- I had uh, I had the, a can of the telekinetic Yeti uh, beer. So that that was at more like closer to a double dry hopped, like one of these New England style kind of, just something that you. No, even uh, orange haze, which I guess I would say is our most popular beer. It's not a a New England style at all. It's a West Coast IPA recipe. It's just hazy from the yeast. There's no wheat. There's no oats. There's no... Really? The finish is very dry. <laughs> you wouldn't think so by tasting it, maybe, but it's it's dry and it's heavily hopped. So, What is um, the hop profile on that one? That one is dry hopped with all citra. Okay. And there's some citra, amarillo, and equinot in the kettle. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of late additions. A lot of that dry hop, late dry hops. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a decent-sized dry hop. Good so. beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're 
I'm getting sick of drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still we on? We had to right drink now? a lot of it. No, we were in. Uh, it was a March Madness thing oh, with a local okay. local uh, bar. That's one of our our buyers, and uh, we were just going out there to support. You know, drinking it. Uh, there was money being donated to uh, Orland Park Baseball, so we were up there and supporting them, supporting supporting the beer. Drink, drink a lot of drink beer, a lot of orange <laughs> A lot of orange haze. Yeah. So I could I'm good with a break from it for a little bit. So being open since since July of 2017, right? That's that's when you guys first popped the doors open. So how do you kind of uh, as founders, I guess Chris and Arturo, like how do you kind of ingrain yourself into that community? Like was that important to you guys to kind of like we can't just be here and be a business. We also need to be a part of things like Larry was just talking about, like local baseball, you know, getting donations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think we try to do whatever we can, you know, with it whatever is in our, our power, you know. I mean, we have a lot of people who come in here and we want to help everyone. We just can't physically do it all the time. So, you know, we'll talk about it and whatever we could do, we'll do. So what other kind of stuff do you guys like to do around here in the, in the Tinley or Orland Park community, all this? Oh, we held Toys for Tots over Christmas and we had a, a veterans box donation for Tinley Park uh, VHW. And what else have we done? Yeah, uh, we donated some beer for uh, was it the? Yeah, we did a couple six barrels for. I can't remember now. Man. <laughs> I'm putting them on the spot. Yesterday was 4:20. I mean, uh, did you guys partake? Is that I why? Think that's is that why, why we're all like super. <laughs> everybody's brain just a little right bit slow right now. Yeah, so I had to partake again just to straighten up before we <laughs> got in here. So. Get right. Just get my mind right. Yeah. <laughs> Now we played sleep in the tap room, um, high on fire and ohm from open to close, and then sleep, which is like one of my favorite doom metal bands. They happened to release an album yesterday. It was kind of a surprise. They didn't tell anyone. Oh. They just dropped it like the night before. It's we're like dropping a, a new Christmas album. Present for yeah, you. they they don't have many albums, so it's been a long time since they've put an album out. So, how would you describe doom metal to the folks that may not be familiar with doom metal? Uh, Does it differ from regular metal? Black Sabbath, I would say, okay. is probably one of the pioneers. Mm-hmm. Um, the riff, slow and low. Um, the opposite of Slayer, <laughs> I guess, which yeah. I'm fans of the everything, but of yeah, Slayer. it's you know that's more like thrash metal. Doom okay. is just low, slow, dark. Heavy. Um, sometimes it, not a lot of lyrics. It's just a lot of melodic um, instrumental stuff, too, so... Does that fit with the sound growler mentality? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, even though it's a little odd, you know, people, some of the music we play in here, you can't Shazam it. So we'll get people of all ages people coming up pissed. to us like, what's this song? <laughs> How no, come like, I can't find this? Yeah. <laughs> even the older crowd, they're like, I've never listened to this before, but it's, it's I like it. It's I, nice. I can live with it. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. we're, um, I mean, I'm a big thrash metal fan and. Slayer and all that stuff and I remember you know one of the first times that we we brewed together you know that's what me and Chris put on and and Larry was like we we're like hey Larry what, what do you want to listen to and he's like do metal and I was like what the fuck is that <laughs> he's like let me show you <laughs> and it was it was cool man it was like you know ever since then we're like yeah man we're we're big into this and you know that's all we play here now Really, everything you don't even throw the thrash metal on, huh? Nope. You don't get the heart rates up. I think there's like once in a while you might get, uh, I think Last Caress from Misfits will oh, okay. pop in there and um, finds its way in. Yeah, I think for Slayer's last show here, we're gonna be playing Slayer all day. Yeah. 
for, I think it's in May. So we'll we'll tribute them. Mm. It's going to be a hardcore day right there. Yeah. yeah. You have to do a special beer for that, right? I mean, come on. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's kind of close. Was it May 25th uh, or something? Yeah, uh, you're going to have to turn it, turn it quick, huh? Yeah. So talk to me about the brew house a little bit, Larry. What, what, are, you, what are you working with back there? Uh, we got a two-vessel, 15-barrel steam system, 30-barrel um, hot liquor. We have four seven-barrel fermenters. They're all unit tanks, too. Um, four 15s, and then we just recently got two 30-barrel tanks, which will mainly be for uh, Riff Rider and Grinder Punch. Um, it was kind getting to the point the where staples. we can't... Yeah, for now, unless something pops up. But, yeah, those are two staples. Um, it was hard to keep balancing the tap room with sales. Um, so my daughter's a she's a pretty good sales lady, so if I we take the leash off, she'll go and sell most of it, and then it's like, wait, you gotta you yeah. gotta fucking stop because yeah. we're gonna run out of beer over here. So hopefully that will alleviate some of that problem. But that's kind of a good thing, though. You know, right? we'll come. Yeah. I'll come in on a Monday, and then there's just empty kegs just lined up all down the row, and it's like shit. And then you go look in the cold room, and it's like, okay, you can't sell anymore <laughs> of this. We have to take this off. We have to keep it in the tap room. So and you got to clean the kegs. Yes. <laughs> What well, do you make Jake, 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 Jake do that? No, yeah. say. What'd you call Jake? What's his position? He's a cellar rat. He's the cellar rat, the official cellar rat <laughs> of Sound Growler Brewing Company. So that, that system back there, uh, you know, it, it feel like I'm getting get the story from a lot of guys that you outgrow it like right when you buy it. Like, I mean, you're always thinking about adding new. You've got to change this tank, get this new tank. I think a 15-barrel system is perfect. And if anything, it would just be, can you... I mean, you would upgrade the fermenters before you'd go and upgrade your right. brew house. If you have to get to the point where you need to do three or four turns, you just need more brewers. Okay. But 15 barrel, I think, is perfect. Anything anything smaller than that to me is just you, you're going to be constant. You're going to have to brew every day because you're just not going to be able to have enough beer, unless the beer sucks and no well, one's drinking it. There you but go. I don't think you're having that problem right now, <laughs> though. So let's not even say that. Yeah. That's a that's a negative. But I think thought, we're, it was going to be a seven barrel system. Supposed to be a seven. And Larry's like, nope, ain't <laughs> happening. So I'm like, shit, man, we got to get a fifteen now. So it was uh, definitely a learning experience because we were going to do a direct fire system, and then all of a sudden we had to get a boiler and then figure out how to hook it up, and it was fun. Talk about the the difference for for those who may not know it: the direct fire versus versus the steam jacketed or. Who wants to who direct wants to fires? Is basically, like if you were home brewing and had your uh, little turkey fryer under a kettle, it's so pretty much the same thing. So, is there one that's considered widely to be better than the other? Like, uh, what, what are the? I've never personally been in a, a direct fire brewery before, so I've, I've never worked with one other than home brewing. Um, every place I've worked at was always steam generated. So, is one more expensive than the other? Oh yeah, definitely yeah. steam. That was I steam. mean, we yeah the uh, the boiler is. It's pretty expensive. I mean, that's one cost, but to hook it up, I mean, it could cost as just much. as much. Yeah. And we found that out. We had no clue. We thought we were like, yeah, we're going to hook this up with who knows. I don't even know what we were trying to use. but <laughs> We were high. Yeah, we were high. And then we had um, we had some guys come in and give us quotes, and we were like, man, I, I don't know how we're going to do this. And we thought about doing it ourselves, just like everything else here. And, <clears throat> yeah, we left it to the professionals. Probably a good idea in the long oh, run, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, how about the, the, you mentioned the unit tanks? Like, what what is that for? Like the the casual beer lover, the the difference between just a regular fermenter and, and a well, unit tank. Well, instead of so you have your finished fermented beer, just say you didn't have a unit tank and you had a bunch of bright tanks. 
basically with a unit tank you don't need to go to a bright unless you you need more tank space so you could ferment carbonate finish drop out these you could do everything in there you know um, so you wouldn't have to move the beer from a traditional uh, fermenter and basically send that over to the bright tank for conditioning and carbonating you could do all of it in the unit tank one-stop shop yes yeah. okay less room for error i think i yeah. like the fact that i'm not moving the the bear's only going from that tank to packaging and that's it there's no in between yeah that's a good point yeah so chris what, what, where'd you get into this world where'd you come from uh i knew a turtle for like 20 20 years 20 years yeah yeah man and, uh when we finally got together and figured this whole <laughs> brewing the beer sucked for us so we're like we got to do this now and uh yeah we just you know fell into it and just decided to jump in okay how'd you guys meet 20 years ago oh yeah. uh well i originally came from Kaima city uh Turo used to live in Kaima city down the street and it was like you know a block apart kids play okay and, uh, did a bunch of dumb shit yeah still do <laughs> <laughs> any examples of that dumb shit <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, you know, um, and then Arturo eventually moved out from Cayman City towards Tunley Park, and uh, we just kept in contact through that whole time. I actually met my wife through Chris. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they were friends in high school, and then I, I moved out here, like, in eighth grade or whatever it was, and, yeah, so. Then you lived down the street from here? Yeah, down the mm-hmm. street. So yeah. if, if you go straight to the west, the first house on the left, that was my house. So it's uh, it's kind of weird, man. It's probably changed a lot around here oh, since yeah. then, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I recently found out that this road actually passed this old house. I never went this. <laughs> never put I it never together. This direction. I always come from this direction. So yeah. okay. So how'd the wife hookup happen? You just you just they went to high school together and yeah, man. She saw you and was like, "Yep, that's the guy right there." No, I don't, I don't, I don't no. think it worked that way. No, I had, yeah, I had. Uh, Chris had to put in a lot of work. His, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I had his wife in a study hall, and I ended up mentioning, like, oh, I got this I got this friend from Tilly Park, you know. And at the time, she's like, oh, well, you know, at that time, we'd go to, like, to movies, movie theater or something. So I think we went to movies. And yeah, they fell in love, like, at the first sight, and then they've been together. <laughs> Damn, that's what Chris then. says. <laughs> I, made, I made Sarah date me. I was like, you must date me now. Um, but yeah, we, we started dating. We were like 15 years mm-hmm. old and, oh, wow. uh, yeah, we've been together since then. So been a long time, long, long time. And now, now a, uh, few failed businesses and one good one later. And, yeah. uh, and she always supported me and some children. I'm guessing yeah. now too, huh? Yeah. 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 Three girls, man. Oh. Crazy household. That's gotta be crazy. Oh, it's brutal. I got one. It's just like an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> oh. It's the girl. Mm-hmm. The boy's just a boy. He's a dude. He just does dude stuff. Yeah, the she, girls. Emotional yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. They take turns crying. So it's like, <laughs> all right, you're done. My turn. So. Then daddy gets to cry. And then daddy gets to cry at the daddy brewery. Daddy goes to the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you guys, uh, what, what about you, Larry? Where'd you come up from? What, what was your origin story? You, you didn't grow up in Calumet City and uh, go to the movies with these guys? No, I was an Orland Park boy growing up. Uh, my parents still live in Orland. Uh, currently living in Lockport so this is nice and close for me yeah not bad not yeah. bad huh? yeah um, went to all the Orland schools Sandberg High School um, and been with my wife since we I was a sophomore she was a freshman in high school 
It's been over like 20, I think since 92 I've been with Dang. him. Yeah. Dang. So how'd you get into, into the beer world? Uh, homebrew kit that I didn't even ask for. <laughs> and it just, uh, when, I brewed that it? first one and it was for her Father's Day. And uh, like, I mean, I was always into beer, but yeah. I knew one friend who homebrewed and I was like interested in it. And um, I think I may have mentioned it one time. It was nothing I was serious about. And the wife and kids got me the homebrew kit and I made that first one and it was a mess. Um, but where's it actually you, came out do it at? in the do kitchen, it, like in the on, kitchen a, on a pot that was too small. Oh, yeah. So I had two of them going. Good boil over things happening. Yeah. Yep. So she, ha- she had to help me with that because we were actually going on a date and I was taking too long and we just had like pots all over the stove. I think I had like a one gallon pot or something like that. Oh I don't remember God. what I was doing, but the bear actually came out good. Oh, really? It was an extract kit. That was like, yeah. I only, I did a couple extract kits and then I, ne- I never did them again. Um, but it actually turned out good. So I think, you know, after tasting that, that's pretty much what got me hooked. You know, I had no idea what to expect. So how do you jump? Like, what's that transition like? You did, you said you did a couple extracts. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, like, never did an extract. You know, I just went straight to all grain. So, like, how do you, how's that ball start rolling for you? I think if you're going to get into home brewing, you should do at least one or two extract batches just to get some kind of a process down. If not for the beer, at least to be cleaning and sanitizing stuff, I wouldn't. I could see someone going into all grain if they like have a buddy who does it and they kind of have an idea. But if you're just going to be like, you know what, I'm going to start home brewing, <laughs> I wouldn't go into all grain. Get yourself a base. It's not going to turn out good. And my mm-hmm. first all grain batch was a, it was a nightmare. That's um, probably what we did, Chris. Just went straight to all grain. Yeah. yeah. You guys said screw it. Yeah, we're, we're going like, big, guys. Going big, man. <laughs> Getting that out of you guys right now. You two, uh, just we're just gonna go for it. We're just yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> we don't think. We just do. <laughs> So, but when you're talking about going from from that 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 extract deal to, to going all grain, I mean, was that a long transition for you, Larry? Like, I mean, now you're you're head brewer of a brewery, but before that, were you doing? You know, did you get obsessed with home brewing? Were you doing it all the time? Were you just kind of casually? Here uh, and there? It got to the point where once I started brewing all grain because I was trying to perfect it, I would brew probably about once or twice a week. Um, so I'd say I, I became obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean, I was just, just constantly, you know, like writing recipes and research and podcasts and books. So, um, so yeah, I went from that and, they, you know, I got pretty serious into it. And then um, I went with my wife to Five Rabbit for a work outing. She was at a bar. She was working. She was bartending at a bar that just started carrying Five Rabbit. So as a thank you type thing they had them for like a private tour and some food uh, and you were able to bring your spouse and uh john hall was there he actually gave the tour and then i was just talking to them and said yeah you know you could volunteer to package so that's what i did first and then after the first day of packaging they're like you know do you want to do an internship you know if you're interested and i would go there about two days a week for six months and basically just build packaging um follow their lead shadow them on everything brewed uh i think like one or two small little pilot batches that they would release for the loteria series um with raul who's no longer there um and then from there i was working with another small brewery um i would pretty much go there at night like after i got off work and then i would clean the tanks and you know check everything then I left that place, and then I was at Lagunitas for a short time, and then here. So 
what were you doing for actual work then before that? You, were, you said you were, uh, you I was were getting a, off of work. And I was a lineman for Comcast, and then I was an engineer. So we kind of methodically worked it out to where if I went into the engineering department, I would be working four days a week, so I would have two days off or three days off. And so I was working 10-hour shifts, so on my off days, that's when I was able to go during the day to these breweries and, and do what I had to do, or at night after work or, or whatever. So my wife had to support that, because um, I did take a slight pay cut leaving the field as a lineman. So um, yeah, it just worked out with family, basically. You know, you gotta take your bumps and bruises for a little while, but eventually it's all, it's all working out, so. I couldn't. Good, I couldn't yeah. be happier. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna to say, be able to walk away from your your cush, desk job and be able to do this. Do so. something that kind of a little more fulfilling for you. A little. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So what about you guys? I know Arturo. You said that you you were you were kind of an entrepreneurial spirit as it was. I mean, what what kind of stuff were you doing before you you decided to go go all in on a place like this? Oh man. So, <laughs> I mean, I still have a day job. So I I make furniture for a living. So, uh, furniture company in, in uh, Thornton, Illinois, a uh, great place, family business. Um, and I worked there with Chris. So, we've been Damn, there. Damn, Chris works there too? Yeah. They're legit connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we see each other and we just talk about beer for like two, three hours a day. And then we go back to our, our regular some job. Furniture. Yeah, make some furniture. Make some furniture. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, still make furniture. Been there for, and it's been going on to nine years now dang yeah a long time so although i am kind of quote unquote a furniture maker we did a terrible job over here with the tables and stuff so <laughs> they're super lopsided <laughs> so don't 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 don't, don't knock me yeah don't, don't judge it <laughs> adds character yeah yeah i was gonna say it adds character it's how you do it now you yeah, want everything to be perfect no 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 so yeah just a little stuff you know we um my wife had a uh, ice cream shop you know that we worked at you know before so more entrepreneur stuff and um like i said the the mexican restaurant and you know i had a, a pallet business back in the day and yeah man so just you know learn from all of them and it's all kind of coming together over here about you chris i know you said you guys work together doing furniture stuff or whatever that is but like what were you coming from when you and he was like, dude, let's open a brewery. Let's just Mom, do this. I was like, well, let's do this. <laughs> Chris is like the, the guy who motivates all of us. Like, I'll start thinking, and Chris is like, shut up, just do it, and let's do it. So, it's got to do it. Is that like yeah. your philosophy of things? It's like, if you're you don't talking gr- about it, just do it. Yeah, if you don't grind, you don't shine. Okay. You know, you gotta, oh, I like that. Gotta keep, like you got to keep going. You got to keep moving okay. forward with everything, you know. Even if, uh, you know, slow motion is better than no motion, you know, so. Is he also yeah. writing a book? I feel like he should write a book with all these sayings in him. Chris, oh, yeah, Chris has got quite a bit of sayings. So. <laughs> yeah. Just come smoothly off of them, too. <laughs> uh, so you, you talked about the Mexican restaurants and stuff. Like, Talk about what you did here. I mean, yeah, you, so you've kind of incorporated that piece. So when we, when we thought about this concept, you know, I think that we kind of broke everything apart. And we're like, all right, hey, we have our tap room. You know, we want to have a kitchen, so... Uh, we're going to have a kitchen. Of course, we have, you know, the, the brew house. And we just kind of separated everything, sales and all that. And so, you know, originally I think we wanted to do something else. And, you know, I had a, I had a, a crazy uh, birthday party for, for my daughter. And it was like, 
bunch of booze and a taco truck came and typical Mexican birthday party, you know, and um, we were eating a bunch of tacos out of the taco truck. Larry was there and Chris was there and they're like, you know what, we should just do tacos. And I'm like, I know a guy. So um, we started doing tacos over here. Yeah, it was going to be like more kind of limited menu, fancier food. Yeah. Um, but I like how I like how it turned out. I think it, it just goes well with the tap room. Oh, yeah. You're not going to stuff yourself to death eating a, a big burger or something like that. So It fits your atmosphere, too, I think, better than if you were to have some, like, higher-end, you know, different yeah. kind of menu. Yeah. Yeah. We're gritty. Yeah, it feels yeah. good. It feels good like that. And plus, like, like, I ordered my food while I'm sitting there talking to your bartender, and it was, like, five minutes all of a sudden it's in front of you. You know, it's not like you're waiting for this. It's crazy, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, a small kitchen. It's 100 square feet. Oh, it's um, a tiny freaking tiny, tiny kitchen, dude. Tiny, but we make it work, you know. Um, I mean, we just, we, we keep adding stuff onto there, you know, but tacos is basically the majority of what we do here. So authentic uh, Mexican street food, uh, small corn tortilla with your meat, cilantro, and onion, and that's it. Very simple. Very, very good. How'd you guys go into this business plan wise when you, when you walked in, like how, how are you mentally looking at this? Like once you got the spot where you like, this percentage is the tap room like that. We need this much to make beer, you know, in the back, we need this much cold storage. Like how, how does that come together? Um, yeah, we had a business plan once, a, once a time, you know, and I think that we, we, we did it early on and, it's just we completely changed everything, you know. So, I mean, we were supposed to be in Mokina, so, like, we had drawings for that location. And then then this one came up. I'm like, shit, equipment's ordered. We got to figure it out. We got to make it work. Yeah. So we started with the brew house, putting all that stuff in, and it, it never fit perfectly. It never works out perfectly. No, we had to change it while the engineer was here. Yeah. Because originally the uh, tanks were supposed to line up going all the way down the wall with just like a half wall oh, okay so we had to kind of change it on the fly um we were going to knock this whole thing down and it was basically going to be like the opposite yeah i think so yeah it was like we already have that area so why you know just why knock it down we'll keep all the stuff back there when i'm working i don't want people staring at me anyway you don't so, no yeah i'm gonna come in here and no. stare at you, Those, you know, <laughs> can like i go in the back there's a half certain? wall and you got some guy bending over trying to do something and <laughs> you're doing there yeah but, exactly uh, <laughs> yeah, was that uh, some malt or yeah. what do you got going on? I in could there? deal with back there because I could hide <laughs> if I have to. You know, you can still see in there. But uh, the way it was, yeah, the, the actual brew house design was going to be much different than it is right now. Yeah. So, so during during opening, like once you once you get your plan in place and your build out, like, do you do you look at it? Did you go into this thinking like this is what what you have now? Is this what you thought it was going to be, or was, were you thinking like heavier distribution, less distribution, no distribution, like? It's all tap room driven, or was the food always there? You know, was that kind of a last minute, like, oh, let's do this? I I, I can't even remember. I I think we were, so there was times. a point where we weren't able to have food. We were going to do it without a kitchen. Yeah. And then I think because of this place was zoned for a kitchen. Or so or They said food. we have to have a kitchen. So we're like, okay. Oh, we'll, really? We'll, we'll put one in, you know, so. Yeah, and I'm happy we did it too. I mean, we have, we get a lot of sales from the kitchen. It keeps people here a longer period of time. And for me, I mean, I just I'm used to walking into a place at your size, your your uh, you know age, how long you've been open. Like you kind of have a standard now because there's so many breweries now that you can go to in this Illinois you know suburban area. 
like you're used to one thing, and most of the time, a place like this is not going to have food. Mm-hmm. So when I sat down and he threw me a menu, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. I get some food!" Like that was a hell of a bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, how many tap lines do you guys keep running? Ten right now. Ten. Yeah. I'm guessing usually full, because Larry's back there doing his job. <laughs> Sometimes I think we're down a beer. I mean, we, the tanks are full, but uh, the uh, I think we're down a beer right now. So. so what happens? What, what kind of stuff is kind of your passion to brew, Larry? Do you have a specific style? Or you like you try try everything, or you I'll I'll I have fun brewing anything. I don't like every style of beer. Um, I'm honestly not a big imperial stout guy. I don't drink them. I have a refrigerator full of them. I just can't. You know, I I, I could have a couple ounces and that's it. I, I don't like super sweet beers, um, sugar bombs, the diabetes beers, yeah, the pastry calls stouts. Them. Yeah, I'm not. It's not my thing. More, more just like hop forward American style beers, you know, and I like doing traditional styles like our ESB that, that uh, we do extra special bitches. I haven't brewed that in a while. I'll probably bring that back soon. Um, half of Weizen is going to be brewed tomorrow or Monday. I'm not sure yet. Um, traditional, yeah. you know, German half. Uh, the original haze. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the IPAs and pails, that's like, that's what I, I go to. Loggers too. I mean, we're going to start getting pretty lager heavy. Does the lager get get tricky with just the temperatures and the time it takes to turn them? I'm messing around with a different lagering method right oh, now, so it's well, just I'm interested. Yeah, it's just a, a quicker turnaround. I guess you're. It's not the lagering itself; it's actually the fermentation process. So it's uh, you know, you're bumping up the temps like every two days until it gets to a certain temperature. So you're not like staying in the high 40s or low 50s for two or three weeks. You know, I think the tank right now is at like 65. So yeah. what does that it's pretty do? much done. What does that bring to the table? I mean, what's uh, the quicker fermentation? Me- I think there's a it's a it's a cleaner fermentation because uh, you're 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 letting you're keeping the yeast active. They're not becoming dormant, and when those higher temperatures increase, it keeps them going and in suspension so it's going to be cleaning up any kind of off flavors you know diacetyl or acetaldehyde and you know i've had a lot of loggers around here and most of them are all good but there's so many that just have flaws and i'm not saying ours is great or or anything like that but i know it's it's a cleaner finish a clean taste um but i've had a lot of off flavored loggers from like local breweries that's is obviously a fermentation problem um so yeah, I'm just trying this method, and it Hexenmeister was was done with that method, and Tortilla Hands, our other lager, probably our, one of our most popular beers is that Mexican lager, which is in the tank now. So. I love the name Tortilla Hands. <laughs> yeah, Tortilla Hands. Ooh, what's that? Sorry, I got distracted. He handed me a beer. Thank you, Arturo. So what kind of beers inspired you guys? What, like, what, what were some of the beers that jumped you guys from drinking whatever you could get your hands on to, to actually drinking good beer? I think when I first had a craft beer. Get in that mic, Chris. Was, get in uh, there. What, um, Lagunitas. And I, I was like, that oh, was this mine is, too. This is, this is good, you know. And then uh, the second beer I actually like was uh, Larry's uh, Black IPA. It's like the first beer that he introduced. Larry's like, Black IPA. Try this, and uh, I'm like, wow, this is this is beautiful. It's a homebrew special from Larry. Just yeah. <laughs> yep. 
and I had that, and then I was like, wow, this is, you know, it just, you know, the whole, everything about beer in general just, you know. Uh, started to make sense. Yeah, it started <laughs> to make sense in what direction I wanted to That was the first time I met these guys in person was a brew day, so I just went over there, you know, just to, nothing was really going on, just to brew with them, you know. I'll just stand here and hang out. Yeah, so I brought them a black IPA and I think a Saison. Yeah, a Saison. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, I think you brought a, a, was it a Brett or like? Oh, yeah, it was a. Uh, hey, you were messing around with Brett? Brett. Yeah, it was Brett and these. I two. hear, I yeah. hear there's some good stuff going on around I love me. Brett. Yeah, me too, man. I, I I really do. I enjoy all the different types and different ways they they utilize it. Thank you. I like hearing about from brewers and things about you know coming into this when I started doing the podcast. It wasn't that long ago, you know. I've been in a craft beer for a long time, but I didn't know the ins and outs of uh, what it takes to deal with breaths and deal with you know bacteria and separating things. That I, Arturo was showing me that you know some of the older tanks or smaller tanks are going to be kind of dedicated to Brett now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. kind of. Can you talk a little bit about that? To like kind of the safety, you know, and keeping the bacteria out of the other lines and different things like that. Yeah, we're gonna have like isolated tanks just for the Brett beers, and the equipment's going to be just for the Brett beers. Uh, kegging stuff, any hoses, anything like that's going to be kept separate. Obviously, has to be very clean. And we haven't done it yet either. I haven't had to go. You know, I got I got some time to prepare for that. You know, these are probably going to sit for another ten months or so. Anyway, so the Brett bo- the Brett barrels. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, but yeah, it's it's I haven't done it before at another brewery, so we're just doing it. So you're just learning. You're just learning on the fly, like anybody yeah. else, really. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So how are these the only four barrels right now that you have? Yeah, well, these aren't like? Brett fermented. There's They're just Brett secondary just in the in the barrel. Just they let were seeing what it does over yeah, time. This uh, this triple was fermented with uh, Trappist yeast, and then I added the Brett to the barrels. Um, Lance at Omega helped me out with uh, some of the calculations and had uh, some special packaging for me. So when we went to go, you know, rack into these barrels, you know, I had uh, the yeast for each one of them, and. Um, put the bungs on brought them over here and we'll see what happens if i had a nickel for every time uh omega yeast came up in a podcast man it's uh, they 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 must be uh, a brewer's best friend in this area right oh, yeah. uh, is that what is that what's going on i think there, there was there was one time they were really backed up and i was trying to get a specific strain and i think it was imperial yeast i talked to them they're like yeah we could get this to you right away but shipping was more than the yeast <laughs> so it was like this isn't gonna work like there's just you know, and my my daughter, who's our sales rep, she stays in Logan Square a lot, so she's not far from there. So she'll grab the yeast for me on the way. I don't even have to have it shipped. Oh, it's really nice. So she'll pick it up on brew day, and then it'll just go right into the fermenter. Just pitch. Yep. So do you have an interest? I mean, do you guys have an interest in things like uh, like sours and wilds and spontaneous and stuff? I mean, is that stuff you guys like to drink or that you want to try to do in the future? Yes, we want to play around with other things, and eventually if we could expand our space, there's going to be a much bigger barrel program. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little bit limited now, but we're still trying to figure stuff out, catch up with the tap room, and there's a lot of experimenting that we want to do. Souring, uh, spontaneous fermentation. So I th- we'll get there. Yeah. So what about you, Larry? What were some of the beers that kind of put you on and just got you off of the big boys? I used to drink uh, German lagers when I was in high school. I really didn't. I'm not 
trying you to be like fancy. No, I, I never it. liked. I get it. If I had like if I was at a keg party and it was like Miller Lite or Budweiser, I would end up like sick out of my mind. Um, <laughs> and then I started drinking like the Heineken was a big favorite of mine like through tail end of high school and my early twenties. But um, I had some an aunt and uncle that how I got into those beers. I had an aunt and uncle that actually lived in Germany for a short time. So when they came back here to family parties, they were always bringing German lagers compared to the refrigerator full of Old Style or Miller Lite. Don't you dare uh, knock old style. I drink old style. Okay. I'm a big old style fan. <laughs> Not I that like new it. Radler they just did, I hope. Did no, I, have, I haven't had that. I've heard some really bad things about that. No, they probably should have just stayed away probably from that. They should have just not done it. Yeah. So they would bring their, their beers. Like, they wouldn't drink the stuff that was at the party. They yeah. were bringing, you know, uh, Beck's, and my aunt loves Beck's. So they would bring that stuff. I was dabbling in that. I'd steal it out of their cooler. And then I started liking, you know, the, the imported lagers. And then... Um, they moved to Michigan, like, before this whole craft beer thing even ever came about. This was just, like, super small breweries in Michigan. Um, before I ever even heard of, like, Bells or, or Founders or any of those other places over there. So then they started bringing craft beer microbrews to, like, you know, camping and stuff. So I tried those, and I would say, um, I don't remember what the beer was. Like, I was just got a, a punch of flavor compared to everything else. It was just really different. And I think that's what pretty much attracted to me. And I first got into, like, the seasonal stuff for craft. You know, I wasn't buying, like, Sierra Nevada Pale right. Ale wasn't my favorite right. beer back then. Um, and I remember actually having a Sierra Nevada one time, and I was just like, holy fuck, this is so fucking bitter. I don't know how somebody <laughs> could drink it. It's like biting a and hot now cone. It's, yeah, now it's yeah. it's different. I think everyone's taste, you know, their high IBU beers aren't as high as they used to be it's as far as your palate goes. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just kind of slowly got craft sprinkled in and i started out with seasonals you know that was the thing to get so um and i think i got even more experimental with different beer styles after i started home brewing i think that's when i really learned about all the other styles i didn't know about all of them so so yeah it's pretty much home brewing i would say is the main thing and then a little bit of family history with different different beers being introduced to um when i was underage when i was underage (laughs) That's not true. You didn't do that. No. <laughs> Arturo, what about you? What were some of the beers that kind of pushed you over and into this world? Three Floyds. Yeah. All yeah, of it, That's man. a good one. Yeah, that's a I good way to start, man. Yeah. It took me yeah. a minute to get there, and once I got there, I was pretty hard on it for a while. You know? yep. Yeah, I have a, a good friend. His name is uh, Sam. He lives in Dyer, Indiana, and he always had Three Floyds, and you know, I remember... Robert the Bruce drinking that 2006. I'm like, holy shit, what is this? Full of flavor, great. It's awesome, man. So, Smooth. you know, started having everything else, uh, Gumball Head and all the other beers, but, you know, Floyd's has been definitely a big influence on me. You guys done uh, collaborations or much with anybody around uh, the area or plan on doing any? We plan on continuing doing the. Uh you know the metal band collaborations we did one with pale horseman they're local they're going to be playing here may 4th in the tap room may and 4th. uh so we're going to be releasing that beer it's a mashing of teeth it's a double dry hopped american pale ale um say so yeah, we want to continue along those lines for right now unless there's someone if we do a collaboration we want it to be someone on the same mindset as us you know so it's got to mesh together, not just like taking one person from over here that's 
not really have anything in common with us just to brew a beer, just to say we did it. I'm not, we're not really interested in. Just trying to make sense. Just trying to make sense when you do it. Yeah. So what, what, what's the band's role when you do these? Like, what, what's their role in the collaboration? Telekinetic Yeti we had to do via emails, and we met with them when they played at Reggie's one night. So, you know, they kind of went over the whole, you know, we love IPAs, we but like not this, too hoppy. Like that, so, right. you know, I'm trying to adjust it around their taste. And then uh, Pale Horseman, just kind of throw a beer out there that, you know, what, what kind of beer do you want, first of all, and let's see if it's even possible or if it's going to be... The beer, it has to sell. We can't just make it to make it, and then it just sits <laughs> in the cold room forever. So we have to do something that's going to sell in the tap room and for distribution. So it's, it's got to make sense. Um, so they, they actually came in for the day and helped brew. You know, they were throwing hops in. and Oh, nice. It's kind of going over the whole process with them. It's just like a very um, extreme brewery tour, I guess, where you're hands-on. And uh, then we just partied pretty much the whole day. I was lucky <laughs> I was able to important keep part. it together by the end of it because they could, dr- they could drink a shit ton of fucking beer. Yeah. Um, they got experience, huh? Yes, they, they got experience. <laughs> yeah. So I had to switch to uh, drinking... I think it was High Life or something, whatever was in the in the cold room. There's I couldn't. nothing wrong with drinking a good High Life. Yeah, so I couldn't drink these beers all day long. They were, but they didn't have to get a beer in the fermenter and pitch yeast and stuff. Nope. So. No, they didn't. Yeah, so I had to hold it together that day. Arturo, what beer did you hand us here? So this is uh, Grinder Punch. It's oh, this our, is Grinder Punch. Yep, okay. Yep. So this is our pale ale. Uh, very good. Some citrusy notes. Um, it's a good drinking beer, man. Easy to drink. And you can see through it. Yep. People get shocked when they can see through beers nowadays. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think about some of the trends? I mean, I know we talked a little about Imperial Stouts and that, but like, what do you guys think about the double dry hop, the hazy? I mean, is it something that you guys think that you want to do some versions of, or is it something that you kind of shied away from at first? Or As far as the haze goes, I mean, I don't have a problem with hazy beers or hazy IPAs. I think it's just the style when you get into the Northeast style IPAs. Um, I'm just not down with like super sweet beers. I just, for especially for an IPA. I mean, I know there's like so many different subcategories of an IPA. Yeah. You know, like a like a India Red Ale is going to be a little bit more malty, obviously, or a black IPA is going to have some roastiness, but it's supposed to. When you're just saying an IPA and it's got all this wheat and oats and whatever else people are doing to make it hazy, um, there's other ways to get a hazy beer without having to throw all adjuncts and shit in there so i mean i don't have a problem with the style i just don't drink them i don't order them i don't really enjoy them plus we have um this guy here you know he travels a lot and he brings back a lot of beer for us um so, so we're having trillium and treehouse and all that and we actually had orange julia side by side with orange haze and it was extremely difficult to pick them apart really? if you didn't know which one was and I, I don't even know any recipe for that beer for Orange Julius I've never had it before but then after having these Northeast style IPAs and then tasting the ones that locally everyone's doing they're not the same not in my opinion in my opinion they are not the same beer um, I think some people just take it a little bit too extreme out here but if you have all those Trillium beers and Treehouse, there's a couple other ones that he brought. I mean, he brought back a lot. And um, they're actually pretty bitter. Yeah. And they, 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 they appear to finish a little bit drier. But some of them out here, I mean, you can't, I can't even choke one down just because it's so thick and chalky. Eddie <laughs> um, Topper is a great beer. So and I sure think that is. one's kind of 
you know, New England, quote unquote, kind of. Well, how do you topper uh, according to the brewer? I mean, that right, that is a not, West Coast IPA. Right, it's yeah. not Recipe. a right. It's not a New England style hazy. Uh, it's it's a particle floaty clear beer, beer. I mean, for yeah. the most part, it's you can see through it, but there's junk in it. You yeah, know? And we just it's actually just brewed a junk, but uh, brute IPA. I've heard. Me and Arturo were talking about that. I was looking at. It, I was watching it bubble. <laughs> watching it bubble away back there into the bucket. Yeah, um, I, I'm really interested in that one. Me I, too, because I have never had one. Yeah, and, uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do some research on how to make it, um, and then I'm actually going to San Francisco next weekend. So I'll be drinking a lot of them. I think that's pretty much where someone out there kind of brought the style back. And I remember reading Mitch Steele's book, and traditionally that's how the IPAs used to be, were very clear, super dry, like champagne. And then uh, they just kind of got hoppier, being shipped. Which book is that? That's, he's got multiple books out, hasn't he? Or oh, it's his one? IPA book. Yeah, that, my buddy Kyle pitches it to me all the time, and I just never picked it up to read it. But I've heard a lot of guys there's, say that it's a great yeah, book to read. There's a lot of information in there, a lot of statistics and numbers and old school recipes. So, I mean, it's, it, it evolved over time. I don't think the Brute IPA is something new to beer ever but someone's trying to bring back that style that original style so we'll try it out i like dry beers so it's going on right now like on the west coast right it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's something that's kind of in full swing now it's probably taking yeah. its time i'm already get, finding get the tap rooms i have to get to next week nice. that have it so, so i could see oh i really fucked this up or um, i'm on the right path so we'll see what ha- i have no idea what's going to happen with it it could totally suck ass i have no idea so what kind of approach did you take like different from your your normal thought process uh for my research it's a I mean, you're not going to get any malt flavor. It's not even part of it because it is so dry. I mean, it should finish at, like, zero Play-Doh. There shouldn't be much left. Um, And then high carbonation. So you're basically looking for really low IBU. um, And all our IBUs for this one came from Whirlpool. So there was no kettle hops added. Okay. Or boil hops, I'm sorry. Um, And then it's mostly flavor and aroma as far as the hops go. Like, just a huge dry hop. And... um, it's a real light, easy malt bill. It's just pilsner and rice. So just to get that super light color. So what kind of uh, what kind of hops did you throw at this one? This one got a can of hop extract at the end. Just opened up the can and threw it in there. So what's that, what's hop extract? I mean, is that something that's commonly used? Is that kind of a newer thing? Or yeah, the hop extract will get you a better yield from your beer. You know, when you have, especially with us, because the amount of hops that we use. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Unclogging everything, mm-hmm. so uh, it's basically just extracting all the good parts of the hop for the CO2 extract, and you're leaving out all that vegetal material, the grassiness you're not going to get from that. Plus, the yield's going to be bigger, um, and it doesn't take as much. So, I mean, I, when we when I opened up that can, it was like a it's probably about four inches tall, maybe, and by the time it it warmed up, there was only half in there of liquid. But it was just super potent. So, oh, yeah. So is that is that a, a just? Have you used it before? Have you tried with other things with that in it? Like, does it make a noticeable I difference? I first became familiar with hop extract from Lagunitas. Um, they pretty much use the big cans of extract in every beer to to pretty much save on that. Plus, the amount of hops they would have to use to get the bitterness that they're they're going with, the yield is going to be much better. Um, and it was mainly for bittering, I believe. But um, I think it's becoming a... It, the whole hop thing right now is pretty much mirroring um, how cannabis in that industry is with the terpenes and 
you got these terpene bears on the west coast that's just extracting the aroma from from the cannabis and they're doing the same thing with hops they're just going hand in hand anything you see that's being done in the cannabis industry as far as concentrates it's basically the same thing from what i from what i've yeah i mean they kind of go hand in hand you could get the you could just get the aroma little vials aroma to dump in the fermenter really Uh, yeah there's like different characters of the hop that you can have extracted and just have that essence of it so science bitch oh yeah that's that's crazy so yeah, you can just basically fun. like I can buy a vial of like, hey, this liquid is just gonna give you the smell. Yep. You're not getting no no bitter here. There's and none it's of that. very very concentrated, so you do not need a lot of <laughs> it. And do you notice differences like flavors? Does it throw flavors off? Is it is it tastes as if you? You're gonna have a cleaner flavor. I mean, I've if you have a if a bear sat too long in hops. I mean, you could I don't know how to explain it, but I could tell it's got that kind of vegetal. Grass. I don't know how to even so really to take a little it. more. Yeah. Is that the cat piss we were talking the about? Cat piss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, Nelson cat piss. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll be using hop extract mixed with you know pellets. I mean you can't just go away from it completely. Right. Um, so we'll be experimenting with that. And this is the first time I personally used hop extract. And then we had we were at the Brewers Guild and uh, one of their keynotes was on hop extract. Someone from Hopsteiner was there going over it for about an hour or so so it was interesting we were going to use it but anyway and then that happened to be the keynote thing so it was nice some of the things he touched on and then just basically what i talked about with cannabis how they're just extracting like all this different shit from the hop you know right. and and just getting a concentrate of it so such a fitting conversation for day after 420 yes nice. <laughs> yeah they're doing all kinds of crazy shit with cannabis that's yeah it's wild yep so what do you guys uh, what do you guys got next? What's coming out of the tanks next? Uh, tortilla hands will be coming back, and that is again your Mexican lager. Lager, okay. Yeah, it's probably uh, one of the most popular beers in the tap room, I would say. Um, we have that brewed IPA. I don't know when that'll be done. I would say within three weeks. I can't wait to try that. Yeah, one. we have that uh, Pale Horseman collaboration is. Actually, needs to be cold crash. That's the double dry hop pale ale. We're going to be putting in cans. Um, so that one's pretty much ready to go. And I think we're canning that. Are we canning that next Friday? Yeah. Next so Friday. you will be canning that one, huh? Yep. God, people love cans. We do. Uh, beer nerds love cans. I love cans. Yeah. Love getting a four-pack of something. <laughs> yeah, so we got that one, and what else do we have going on? You guys got events or anything coming up? We do. What so do you got? We have a, um, a show coming up here May 4th. And that's going to be with Pale Horseman. Um, and then the other band, Larry? Uh, these Beasts. These Beasts. Global so bands. Be, uh, you pretty, May, pretty good you night. say May 4th? May, May 4th, yeah. May yep. the, Friday, May, May 4th. May 4th be with you. Is that uh, Star Wars Day? <laughs> yeah, Star Wars Day there? Yeah. And then we have a, uh, the big one. So we have the one-year anniversary coming up. So that's going to be a pretty cool event. We're going to shut down the parking lot over here and have probably four or five bands playing some some guest taps and some food outdoor so. music outdoor music what? Yeah. yeah you don't have neighbors that complain no Nobody's no okay but you're not calling it a one-year anniversary we talked about this what we're still trying to figure okay. it out yeah because it was our original know, one somebody went and took it dicks probably unknowingly took it but i saw it and i was like oh fuck how are we doing <laughs> No. It's a good thing we didn't send that off to our artists because otherwise oh, it really? could have been a, a fucking have them redo it. That would have sucked. 
So, yeah, there's another brewery that is calling theirs the same thing we were going to call ours for their anniversary of bottle release. It slightly, so. like, it's no. like the exact word. Oh, so, no. <laughs> really stepping on your toes here. So what are you guys? What do you guys got planned for that day? Other than the bands and the outdoor area, I mean, you got you got a special beer that's going to be hitting. You got multiple tappings that you're trying out. We're going to shoot for bringing back a lot of the a lot of the beer. Orange Haze will be doing that again for the fest, and then uh, planning on doing a beer has no name again. We haven't brewed that since we opened. What's that? That is a, a beer I would say a tropical no IPA, Belgian IPA. It's uh, it's basically. A split batch of orange haze. Totally different dry hops, different yeast strain. Differently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The boil's the same. After that, it's not. But it was a big. We couldn't think of a name for it, and Game of Thrones was coming back, so it's like dun, 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 beer dun, has dun, no dun. name because we just I could not think of a name for it. So, and it kind of stuck, and people constantly like ask for it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll do that one again. Uh, we're gonna release Cave Dope. It's sitting in these Heaven Hill barrels right here. Ooh, talk a little more about Cave Dope. Cave Dope's just a real simple, um, not pastry stout, <laughs> I guess. It was 9.5%, um, real smooth. Wasn't anything, there was like no crazy story about it or anything. It's just a, a basic. Well, I think the name is, is uh, there's a pretty good story behind that. The name, Cave Dope. Yeah. So, metal meme generator. Oh, uh, Doom band name generator. Doom band name generator. Yep, it stuck with me. Who scored that you website? I I don't. I found it on uh, Facebook or something like through all the stuff that I follow, and you just hit a button and it spits out a name, just, just like random, something weird. Like ra- yeah, completely random. There's like five thousand possible Here's different names that could come out from it. So when I saw caved up, I was like, oh, that's cool. So go with that. If I get stumped, I'll, I'll go to the name generator and there just take words from one thing and just move it around with something else. Yeah. Or just get inspiration and change it all together. So. <laughs> and, and it's a it's an imperial stout? Yeah. It's an imperial stout? Yeah. And it's going to be, what are you guys going to do with it? Bottle it? Uh, bombers, yeah. Bombers? Yep. We got a uh, manual uh, bottling forehead. Oh, that sounds like fun. Rack, so. Yeah, we did. He has resin that way and I think we did about Six. 600 bottles. Whoa. It took a long time. It, we say. did it all in one day, but it was a chore. We had to do it in shifts. What's a day like that look like? How do you guys do? You guys bring more people in? Like who? Yeah, we had uh, Kayla here. She was helping. Jake was here, and then these guys. You know, they came back from their other job, and then you know they jumped in. I was able to back off a little bit and uh, rest the guns. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so I would say we started. Maybe like nine or ten o'clock in the morning, and we were done at like seven or eight o'clock at night. Oh wow, that's a long day though. Yeah. Just yeah. It was bottling. If beer, you're not going to you know? be doing that every week, it's I, okay. You know, no problem to do it again. Okay. And we'll probably we're going to be doing a double IP series. We're going to shoot for monthly every two months, where we're going to just do it in bombers, small batch of it, just like he has resin, and um, so we'll keep using that as okay. long as it's not every week. Yeah, right. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds terrible. You got to label them, and then. So you guys are doing mobile canning right now. Yes. See. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So how's that go? I mean, do you, is that something that it's like necessary for now, or is that something that down the line you're looking at like hey, I'd like to invest in a canning machine if we get some space, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'd like to. They're just super expensive. So right I've now. Heard. In the beginning, we're going to go the mobile canning route. Yeah, we don't have anywhere to put one right now, anyways. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you have so. plans for uh, more space or? I think or, so. Or keep it under wraps type stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we'd like to, to expand, you know, as soon as we can. And, you know, next door we have a really cool dude. And, you know, he's he's got an interest in us. I mean, he likes us. So I, I think that sooner or later, you know, maybe we'll expand over there. And, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. All right. There's, there's also one thing I want to touch on. And we talked a little bit off mic, Arturo, about it is your artwork. And you told me you kind of sourced from different places. Yep. yep. I don't know. When you say you source from different places, I guess I can see, like, the differences in it when I'm looking around the tap room and the merchandise and all that. But, like, holy shit, it's pretty badass. Like, yeah, thank it, you. So where does yeah, it all come from? We, um, so we use, you know, a handful of artists. And, like, right now, there's a guy that we, we go to uh, in Italy, and he's he kind of does the doomy stuff, and he does a, a pretty good job. And then we have another guy. Um, Instagram name is Matt Sabbath. I can't remember his real name. Matt Wilkins. Did, Matt Wilkins, yeah. He did the um, – he has resin artwork, so that came out really good. But, yeah, I mean, we just keep bouncing around guys to guys, you know, and keep coming up with some pretty cool artwork. Do you just, are you pitching them like a feeling? Like, what are you giving them that this that that this stuff is coming out the other end? I think Larry, you've kind of you know, I, I used to do it in the beginning, and uh, I just couldn't keep up with it. So Larry's been helping out a lot more with that. When I used to do it, you know, I would give them kind of like an idea of what we we're looking for, and they would kind of come up with it. And uh, Larry, you're, I don't know, doing the same thing, kind of. Yeah. So. Well, with, like, he has resin. I mean, we haven't used that guy before, but we had him commissioned to do something for us. And I think we were going to have him do, at one point, Riff Rider, because um, he's done similar art like that before. But with he has resin, we were in a pinch, and we needed a label, like, now. And I'm like, can you do this? And he's, well, why, why is that? Why would you be in a pinch for it? Like, Because of the timing of the release. Okay. Uh, the one guy we were going to use had to go off, and he had other commitments, so he couldn't do the artwork for that so um matt's like yeah i got time he's like what do you want done and i'm like i just want someone someone that looks like jesus smoking a hash pipe and his first shot was that that was came out so great it, uh, it's i really couldn't have cool i bottle. couldn't have imagined anything better than what yeah. he did and um you know with other artists like sometimes we're a little bit even more specific where it's like we don't want that on the left or you know we go back and forth for a little while until you know all of us agree on it and they do you know they come back with the proper artwork but like this guy just did it and that was done it perfect like it couldn't have gone any smoother <laughs> like, yep we don't need any follow-ups this is good yeah, we got it, it. print it let's go and he's like yeah he's like I'll, I'll give it a try but i'm not really good at doing portraits and I was like, <laughs> you did a you did a pretty good job <laughs> there so yeah that one yep well, that's crazy that he was like oh, i'm not good at this but here here's a first time uh, first shot yeah so what about the the, the giantesque artwork uh, up on the walls on each side is it is this not like a chalkboard type thing what, what how is this put up there yeah so my my brother-in-law um adam moreno he he did all that i mean he painted it on there so um pretty much got a um kind of like a projector put it on there kind of put the outside you know the, the that's uh, genius i would have never thought to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's then he, he filled it in i mean i think it took him in total maybe six 40 to 50 hours, I think, to do everything. Because this one is, is pretty, 
Yeah, it's, it's got some detailed. detail to yeah. it. The wings on that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm talking about something that people can't see, but I'll, I got pictures of it. I'll, I'll throw it on with the episode. It's probably the most it. popular uh, photo going around on like Instagram for the brewery pictures. It's cool as hell. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're starting to get fans that are making stuff for us, so too, which oh, is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I love that, man. Just people. Those regular ass dudes are like, "Hey, check this out! It feels like it fits your motif." You know, yeah. I don't know if you saw the the sound growler thing on the side of the. Yeah, it's, poked, it's actually like the cover of Dope Smoker from Sleep. Just put sound growler on there. That's cool. He just did it. We didn't ask him to. Yeah, Showed it to we'll, us. Like, we'll yeah, take we'll it. Take it. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, great, man. It fits what you guys seem to be about. I mean, it kind of gives you guys like a thematic feel and like a, an identity. That that's probably exactly like what one of the main things were for this whole thing was like so many breweries just have no identity they're the right let's go there for two drinks and then go to the next one and go to the next one and some of them don't have food but it's like they just don't have a thing i guess and i think we have a thing we have a following i Um, felt like i think we attract certain people which is cool (laughs) what do you mean by certain people just people like us i guess just big badass mofos that want some want some metal want some doom metal and uh tacos yeah a bunch of stoners doom metal craft beer drinkers well, that's a good point, though, that you're making. That, that there are those breweries that are just kind of like pass-through breweries because they're there. Like, right. they showed up on Google Maps when I kind of put in an area. So, like, let's go have a beer. But, yeah, you guys, when when I, before I came in here, and like I told you, I had never been in the space. I knew who you guys were, but, like, I knew kind of what to expect when I walked in. And I got a little more than I expected, too. But, it's like, you guys do seem to have an identity, you know? Yeah, we have people come in, and they're, you know, like, we're, we came to hit some breweries, and they end up sitting here for four or five hours. Um, we're like, yeah, we're, we don't we need to go to the other ones. We're just going to stay here. This one's, you know, we're content, so we'll just stay here. That's good. But, uh, yeah, you go to a lot of places, and it's either some kind of weird music playing or it's just like the acoustic <laughs> thing there. which i have no problem with but like open mic night type stuff and um we'd rather we just like having real bands come in and play but uh yeah we have an identity i think and it feels uh, like it. a culture i mean is that something you set out to build right off the bat is it something that developed or is well, like, i mean no, tap rooms are us. the thing like, you're not gonna probably not gonna go too far without a tap room and to have a kitchen is a huge bonus for us for sure but um, but I, I guess mean, especially the, for just local the feeling that you're establishing, I guess, is what I mean. Right. Like the yeah, and it's just something that and you guys knew right and off the And there's so bat. many people that are into the stuff that we're doing that they don't, they never got to experience that anywhere else. It's like I can't believe this place even exists. It's all you know, metal music and tacos and yeah, you know, um, just the artwork itself and you know our merch and and the beers and so it's all, it's all good. We just gotta try and keep up with them. So what's what's the future? What's Sound Growler? What's Sound Growler? What, what would you like to leave people with when we when we sign off? Um, evolving. I mean, we're learning every day, and you know, trying to get better every day. So, you know, the the beer industry changes all the time, from what I've seen. And Agreed. I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. I don't know what's going to happen five years from now. I don't know. So I think, you know, collectively as a group, me, Chris, Larry, you know, and the great staff that we have, we're just trying to trying to ride this wave, man. I mean, we're trying to figure things out and just get better every day. Any parting thoughts from you guys? You're like, no, we just want to be done. No. <laughs> 
Chris has been silent for the last half an hour. He's like, I don't want to say anything else. Throw out some rhymes real quick. <laughs> yeah. Don't Give me, me some more words of motivation, yeah. Chris. I wanted to run through a brick wall when you were talking <laughs> earlier. No, I think earlier you said something about, like, you know, what it, how did Soundgrowler, you know, develop? I mean, it kind of grew into, like, you know, this. Let everything, like, happen naturally, you know? And it kind of just, you know, form itself. I, I really enjoy, you know, enjoy this place. I enjoy the people, everybody that I have met, you know, so... It's got to be weird for you guys, too, like still working regular jobs. So it's got to be oh, yeah. some sort of a safe space, maybe. I don't know. We have like a, a saying, like, you know, it's Clark Kent day. And then you come here. It's you know, Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's, like night, Superman. it's night and day. Yeah. It's two total different. Chuckle uh, and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, it's two yeah. total different worlds. Larry went a different way. Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah, but this, this doesn't feel like work to us, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. I think last week me and Chris put in 40 hours here and it didn't feel like work you know it was just kind of like hey this is what we have to do and we're gonna come in here we're gonna knock it out and it was fun Mm -hmm. what's your staff size now 16 damn 16 employees shout out to Bridget too I I remember Bridget from from uh she she used to work in my neck of the woods I saw her I'm like I think I know that woman yeah Yeah, she's our our taproom manager and I mean, a lot of what we are today is because of the people that we have, you know. Uh, Larry, you know, helping us launch everything in, in, in the brewery, in the brew house. And, you know, big shout out to Jackie. You know, I know you haven't met her today. She's my cousin, but, you know, she's helped us out with the uh, kitchen. But in addition to that, I mean, she runs our payroll. She does all that stuff. She she gets her books together. That's and some key stuff right there. She yells at people. She yells at me. And she's like, Artur, you're spending too much money. Stop being stupid. So big shout out to her. She's like uh, the, the big manager over here. And um, yeah. You don't, you don't want the government Kayla? coming. You yeah, don't want the yeah, government yeah. coming for you. Yeah. And then uh, Kayla. <laughs> yeah, Kayla. We, we missed out on her today. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Kayla. You're Hi, sick. Kayla. <laughs> Get better. Yeah, so Kayla's our, our sales manager, and, you know, like Larry said, I mean, she's she's great at what she does, and, you know, we've had to pump the brakes on her many times uh, because she'll run us out of beer, and, and we need it for the tap room. <laughs> yeah, it all flows through the tap room, right? And that's 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 where the the margins are better, and, the, and, you know, you get your build your fans. Yep. Well, I appreciate you guys sitting down with me. You guys, you know, we're, we're over an hour now. And you guys said you probably wouldn't even get over like half an hour. Probably, <laughs> yeah, we don't, none of us like to talk, but we don't talk too much. <laughs> See, that's why we need lubrication. Yeah, well, yeah, we got them lubed up. But no, I appreciate you guys. So I just want to say cheers it. to Sound Growler and yeah, thank yeah. you guys. I mean, thank you. It's a, it's been a world class experience since I walked through the door. I was way early on you guys. I got to eat a little bit. I got to experience some of your beers and your staff without you guys around. Even you know, just kind of experience like a like a natural customer coming in for the first time and is as high end of an experience as I've gotten at any brewery in the suburbs or in the city. You know, it's it's a it's a great place visually and the beer. And you got four packs to go right now there's there's you got damn haritos in there i mean that's yeah, how many breweries can you walk into and grab <laughs> probably zero yes yeah, yeah, you, right? you can come here and drink something without alcohol yeah, dude, you so. can, there's kids in your tap room there's root beer i mean it's it's sound growler root beer too right yeah so dope if you guys you got sound growler root beer you made it <laughs> <laughs> you made it and there's salsa in the fridge what green yep. is that green and red yeah you guys yeah 
just hot, a state. Hot, like, hot and extra hot. It's like yeah. the most legit like Mexican-style restaurant built into some like heavy metal brewery. People are probably so confused when they walk in. They're like, wait, what? I, I mean, I've never seen or heard of one. I mean, there may be one out there somewhere that exists, but... Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some great places that even buy you guys with 350. You can walk in and get some pretty solid tacos from, you know, from Todd and Dustin over there in, like, a little brewery space. But, I mean, you, this this is more – it just has this authentic thing to it. I don't know. It's great. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of kitchens that have some tacos out there, and they're good. But, yeah. uh, I mean, that's our main thing. That's that's just, our I'm that's our main, at a that's giant the main pile dish. of nachos right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jake's not only the cellar rat, he's the nacho rat, too. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chris and Larry and Arturo, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say before we before we hit the hit the stop button on this thing? No. All right. Uh-huh. Cheers to you guys and cheers to Sound Thank Growler. You. Get cheers out here if you haven't been here. All right, we're out. <laughs>